episode of Comic BS. I hope you're all well. My name is Beach, and here I am again. Um, hey, I showed up on site a little bit early, and I'm still in the horror theme I was rocking last episode, so I figured why not record another one for you guys. Anyone out there still listening to me, you can hear this. Um, right, so like I said, still in a horror theme. Uh, this is one of my favourite uh, indie comic, indie horror comics. Um, it is finished now, uh, so if you do like what you hear here, you can jump on board and get a complete run, picking it up anywhere you like. Um, it's it's a serial killer slasher sort of themed comic book. A lot of you may have read it, a lot of you may not have even heard about it. But anyway, so this is a story written by Joshua Williamson, Williamson, and the art is by Mike Henderson. Holy crap, some names I can pronounce for a change. Yay! And it's published by Image Comics. Now, we are talking about Nailbiter, issue one. Uh, so, if anyone has actually seen the front cover of this before, it's got a, um, you know, sort of Kurt Cobain-y looking motherfucker biting the shit out of his fingers. Um, which we later on find out to be this is... Um, the buckaroo nail biter. Uh, so we go into the comic book and we start off. We've got like um, a four page, a four panel page here at the start. We're in uh, Riverside, California, and there's a bunch of cops surrounding a what looks like a bit of a crack house kind of thing. And it's like uh, the house is secured, locked and loaded. What's your what's your orders, Carol? And then the thump, 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 bang! Kick the fucking door down. Um, there's still a lot of thumping going on. Oh, no, that's right. I remember what the thumping is now. And they're like screaming, take him. But remember, we need Warren alive. Thump, thump, do it. Bang, kick the door down. Freeze Warren, hands in the air. And the fucking SWAT team's got all guns and shit on him. The artwork in this book is fucking phenomenal. Like, it is seriously good. And the colors and everything, it just all melds in really nicely to create. Like, it feels real. It feels like you're watching an awesome slasher movie. So they kick down the door, and then we see this dude, Warren, sitting on the ground, nothing but jeans and motorcycle boots, no shirt on, uh, chewing the fuck out of a dead body's hand. Well, all around is a bunch of fucking murdered dudes, and there's a chair over here in the corner, and it's got like a spinal cord sitting on it, and he's just eating people, and he's like, Reek! I wasn't expecting visitors, says Warren. (laughs) There's enough for everyone, so he's offering up the blood. And then we've got a little case file up in the top corner here. Buckaroo Butcher, number 16. Edward Charles Warren. Warren... I can't... What? Oh, Warren. Warren's modius operational was to kidnap innocent men and women 
who had the habit of chewing their fingernails. Warren would keep them captive until his victim's nails grew back and then chew their fingers down to the bone before ultimately killing them, suspected of 46 deaths in California alone. This particular appetite had had the press give Warren the nickname of the continued on next card. Nailbiter. Um, so then we turn the page there, and it's got uh, thump, 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 and it's uh, it's like a heartbeat um, going across the screen there. Chapter one, there will be blood, and there's a uh, gentleman here crying, um, wearing a vest and shit, and he's got his tears rolling down his eyes, and he just looks really pained. Thump, 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 the heartbeat still goes. We get to the next page, and he's actually holding a gun against his own head three years later. And he's sitting up on a, um, it looks like a hotel bed, in uh, San Antonio, Texas. And he go down the panel, one, two, three, four, five panels. Um, the first four is him holding the gun against his head, not moving. And then the, the, the fourth one is his phone's ringing on the nightstand there. And he's like, ah, oh, shit. And puts the gun down-ish, puts the gun down-ish, because he just... Yeah, rested on his temple instead. And he's uh, talking to someone. He's like, ah, oh, Carol, you're in trouble. And he's like, ah, oh, there you are, Dan Finch. So we know this guy's name's Finch, and this dude's name's Carol. <laughs> so Carol's the guy who was kicking in the door three years ago, if you don't remember from like two seconds ago. Uh, so he's been trying to get onto him, and he's been leaving messages. Um, and he's like, check your messages now. <laughs> I'm going to going to go ahead and ask you again if you're in trouble. He's like, yeah, of course. Of course not. Why do you always jump to that conclusion? Did you forget I can always sense a liar? He's like, yeah, exactly. That's why I need need you to bring your skills here. Here being where? And he's like, Buckaroo, Oregon, buddy. Today, like now, ASAP, first flight, rent a car, whatever. Just get on the fucking road. And uh, Finch is just like, yeah... Now, why would I want to do that? And he's like, because I figured it out. He's like, figured out what? And he's like, <laughs> do you know what I figured out? The buckaroo butchers. The secret. I cracked it. And he's standing in a fucking graveyard looking over at an old church. He's like, but you need to fucking come here. You won't believe it until you see it. So uh, Finch is just like, yeah, it's not exactly my enterprise, Carol, and I don't have time for your Scooby-Doo bullshit. He's, and then uh, so Carol's standing in his hotel room. He's a little bit intrigued because he's standing up now. Gun's still on his temple. Uh, listen, I know I know about your suspension and tri- trial doesn't start for a few weeks until until then they uh, you recognize that I have zero authority. And then uh, Carol looks up at this uh, statue of an angel covering her mouth. You're hiding with your tail between your legs. I'm sorry, but this will help you get your mind off it. Carol, I can't. You're the only one I can trust, says Carol. And he fucking guns no longer on his temple, so it looks like his decision's been made. You're such an asshole. Email me the address, and I'll be there tomorrow morning. What's the name of the town again? Let me turn the page. Buckaroo, Oregon. And there's a um, little sign on the way into town that says, Welcome to Buckaroo. And spray-painted all over that. Birthplace of serial killers, and then uh, Finch is driving into town in his uh, old beat-up red car. 
Rain, stupid fucking rain. Pulls in at a diner there, runs into the diner, um, stands at the window for a second just to get away from the rain. Where are you, Carol? He starts questioning. He's dead. We get the little uh, inner monologue at the bottom of the page there. And then it's the... uh, Finch's boss is yelling at him. He's like, what the fucking hell happened here, Finch? He's like, I don't know. You don't know what the hell you've done, dude. And then uh, we cut back out of Finch's memory. He's uh, chewing on his thumbnail too, I might add. Um, So if we read that case file there earlier. So this chick walks up to him now holding an umbrella. And she's all like, hey. He's excuse me. He's leaning against the wall there. Um, She's like, your nails. You know, you don't want to chew your fingernails in buckaroo. He's like, huh, what? He looks down, he realises that he's chewing his nails. He didn't even notice. Um, so she's a younger chick, looking like a little bit of a younger chick there with some uh, red hair, blue eyes kind of thing. Uh, he looks down, he's like, oh, are you sure? I uh, didn't even think that might make people a bit uncomfortable around here. Sorry, fuck, bad habit. Since I was a kid. <laughs> Better than smoking, right? Uh, both make you look like an idiot, she says. Uh, shouldn't you be in school or... And then, um, next thing you know, a fucking bee stings Finch right in the back of the neck, and it's like, damn, something just got me. Doesn't really flinch that much, just walks it off, and the bee hits the ground dead. And she's like, probably a bee. It's a honey farm out in the woods or some shit. And sometimes the bees escape a bee flying in this rain. He's looking a little bit care. And the um, name of the cafe he's had, by the way, in the background is the Murder Cafe. Ah, the rain is stopping, look. First time it's stopped all day. (laughs) You're right, it is. Um, Is that what I think it is? He says as he points over. And then, sorry, murder store, not murder cafe. Yeah, and um, wait till you meet the creepy old guy who owns it. And then they've got like fucking uh, Dubro and a hockey mask sign holding a big fucking knife. Kind of like trying to look a bit sort of Michael Myers meets Jason Voorhees. The murder store, and then uh, ding, ding, as they enter, and he says, hello, as he walks on in um, to a creepy-ass store that looks like something out of fucking uh, never-ending story. But seriously, the fucking artwork and the colours in this are so amazing when you walk into this dank, dirty store. Uh, anybody in here? He looks around, he starts poking through, like, at fucking little skulls and dolls and mini coffins on the thing, and there's a... Uh, a display case that he's looking at, and there's fucking uh, Evil Dead style deer antlers on the roof, uh, roof wall. And then he's uh, a bit intrigued by some army men, it's a bit weird. Uh, there's some tiki masks over there, and he walks on through and picks up, like, looks like a mask of the insane clown posse. But, you know, you never know what's going on around this town. Um, oh, fucking. I really want to listen to ICP now. <laughs> uh, but I probably won't because I will have to go to, off to work soon. So I might even get a pause in between the episodes, but we don't know what's happening here. Uh, so he gets tapped on the shoulder at the back and then some fucking cowboy looking motherfucker with a big wide brim hat uh, holding what actually appears to be a Master Shake cup. I didn't notice that until just now. He's literally holding a Master Shake cup. If anyone's familiar with Aquatrain Hunger Force... <laughs> <laughs> He's just drinking out of fucking Master Shake. He's like, howdy. And he puts his arm around Finch. Uh, and then we've got, uh, you trying to scare me? Well, shoot. You got me. I sure was, he says. He's very fucking uh, country, apparently, in my my thoughts here. Uh, and, he, and he's talking to the guy, still holding this fucking Master Shake cup. I don't know why. I wonder if they're fans of my um, Aquatine. 
I just wanted to give you a bit of a proper welcome into the serial killer souvenir shop. Uh, he introduces himself there, Ray Lee, Ray Lee Woods, uh, and uh, goes on about the murder store. And Finch is just like, uh huh, yeah, whatever, bullshit artist, piece of shit. And then he's like, uh, that mask you're holding right there is a replica of the mask worn by the infamous book burner. And then they start telling, he starts telling him the story of the book burner. Uh, after being picked as one of the kids for his, as one, as a kid, after being picked on as a kid for his tragic inability to read, alright, and there's got a fucking kid sitting in class, everyone's pointing at him and laughing, the book burner went on a murder spree, burning down libraries all over Washington and Idaho, with people trapped inside, and then it's got the kid growing up a little bit, and then fucking, uh, adult man rocking the fucking mask, burning books while standing in the flames. This made the book burner the first of the buckaroo butchers. The book burner then started killing all the poor authors in the 70s. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, I know what happened next. As Finch as he fucking hangs the mask back up on the wall. Ah, I knew it. You're a serial killer fan. Caught a little bit of uh, buckaroo butcher mania. Am I right? And he's like, yeah, not quite. And he's like, ah, how could you not? And he started banging on about... 16 of the world's greatest serial killers born and raised right here in Buckaroo. Then he starts banging on about whether it's a curse or a fucking coincidence or if it's the devil's work himself. Uh, and Finch holds up a little replica of an electric chair. You don't think this is a bit uh, insensitive to gain from this, do you? It's like somebody ought to write. My grandfather Norman Woods was the uh, book was the book burner. Ruined our good family name. So he starts telling about how he's uh, trying to do something positive for it all. Starts going on about how he wants to get a horror convention to come in. Um, going to call it Killer Con. Killer Con. Catchy name, isn't it? Uh, Finch is all it's just like a, a convention for fans of serial killers. And then uh, he's just like, whoa, 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 listen. You know, fucking don't judge me because a lot of fucking sick freaks out there pay, pay to be close to pure evil. And it's like, hey, baby, are you deaf? And then outside, there's a couple of uh, jockey dudes talking to the chick who helped fucking Finch, uh, or showed Finch where to go, um, and told him that smoking cigarettes was worse than being a serial killer or some shit like that. Uh, Come on, Alice, why don't you share your umbrella with us? You know, it might rain again soon. Come on. Oh, nice. You know, we just want to get you wet. And then um, the dude with the hat and the fucking bowler tie comes out. He's like, hey, uh, stay out of it. Just kids being kids. Finch is just like, mm, yeah, nah, not going to happen. And he's like, listen up, weirdo. And he pulls fucking um, Alice's earphones out. And she's just like, hey, whoa, 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 motherfucker. Uh, if I am who my first victim is going to be, because they're saying that you're just a fucking butcher. She's going to be the next buckaroo butcher. Um, as I hear that, Robbie, Alice in Horrorland here just threatened me, but I like bad girls, and he throws his arm around her and grabs her and tries to pull her in nice and tight, and then goes to, uh, oh, no, she fucking just knees him right in the fucking, in the lower tum-tum, right near the nuts, he gets the fucking wind knocked out of him, she's still hot grasping that umbrella in her right hand. 
drops the umbrella as the dude comes in with a, the other dude comes in with a big fucking uh, about to punch her in the face and he's like he fucking bitch and then right hook not a fucking punch but a fucking like a cat scratch right across this motherfucker's face blood goes everywhere and then Finch jumps in right in the middle he's like whoa whoa, whoa this is over and he's like you okay and she's just fucking standing back there like I didn't need your fucking help he's like yeah I can see that and then the um, dude with the crew cut that grabbed her gets up he's like what the hell man we were just joking around I don't give a fuck who you are that's not joking um, that's that's me speaking not the comic book <laughs> uh, then Finch is just like well let's talk about the definition of joking later oh fuck you she was practically begging for it homie and then Finch is just like, whoa, I have uh, two rules. Two rules. Number one, no women. And how old are you? 21. You're lying. 18. And number two, no kids. And then just punches the fucker right in the face. Good thing he wasn't 17. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm with Finch on this. No women, no kids, probably no animals either. Um... And then fucking the other dude comes around. He's like, I'm going to kick your... And then the Finch gets him, smashes his face right into the fucking window of the fucking horror shop. And then the dude's down there, Jesus Christ almighty, did you have to do that? And the fucking guy gets his fucking bloody face up and says, you're fucking dead, man. You know who my dad is? Finch pulls back his fist. He's like, nope, and I don't care. And he's about to punch him. And then, hey, uh, Sheriff rolls in. You mind not beating on my citizens? Pulls a gun on Finch. Finch drops the kid, looks over. Uh, sorry, I let my uh, temper get the better of me sometimes. Um, then the fucking dudes are like, yeah, we were just minding our own business and this fucking loser came out of nowhere and then Alice pipes up. That's totally not what happened, Sheriff Crane. I was handing... I was handling... I was handing Hank and Robbie their asses. There we go. Ooh. I was handing Hank and Robbie their asses. Told Dark and Handsome, started defending my honor or something. True story. Sheriff says, that right? You two were uh, beat up by a girl and a good Samaritan bailed you out. Is that what I'm going to put in the report? N- not, not exactly. Right. Officer Link, take Hank and Robbie to the station to cool down for a bit. Call their parents and tell them to meet them in a few hours. And then the other officer escorts the young lads away. That's it? What about... Says Alice with the umbrella back on her head because it started raining. School, now. Yes, ma'am. As she walks away. And then the fucking uh, dude with the hat says, You're letting this bum go too? I want to press charges. Throw the damn book at him. Shut the fuck up, Ray Lee, says <laughs> Sheriff Crane. Everyone in this town is so polite, says Finch, as he dusts himself off. Dust off. Um, sorry, I say that to my son when he falls over. It's just a habit now. Uh, so, you a cop or a reporter? What now, he says. New people that come strolling into Buckaroo are always reporters looking for a big score or cops looking for the big score. Your shoulders tell me cop. Uh, you in the habit of coming to rescue, coming to the rescue of teenage girls or was today something special? And she's got this big fucking grin on her face and he holds up his badge. Officer Nicholas Finch. Army Intelligence. I'm looking for a friend, Elliot Carroll. Uh, I think I just called her Carol. Was she Carol? I can't remember what her Crane, my bad. Um, and then she's like, oh yeah, 
you better come with me. She points as she fucking walks up in the rain. Next thing you know, they're in fucking what appears to be where Carol was staying. And there's fucking shits all upturned everywhere. It's looking pretty fucking bit messy as fuck. And he's like, ever since he came into town, Carol and I met every Monday morning for coffee and never missed. When he didn't show, I got worried. I was on my way to the station reports report this and... Uh, I was on my way to the station to report this to the feds when I ran into you. Uh, I'm guessing you know why Carol was here, what he was investigating. Are you kidding? It's all he ever fucking talked about. So he's in there trying to work out why... Buckaroo is breeding serial killers, which I think we established at the start of the book. Uh, so he's banging on, she's banging on about how he was obsessed with it, and he's all just like, what do you fucking mean, obsessed? Let's talk about obsession. Oh, coffee. I'm no longer at the same place I started this episode either, and it's a day later, so... Um, <laughs> I now have another coffee, and I'm in a different car park. So <laughs> this will happen sometimes from time to time. I don't always get a lot of time. So sometimes, you guys probably have never even noticed, but some of your episodes were not recorded uh, on the same day. Some of the, your episodes were not recorded on the same week. Um, and some of them were recorded like five or six sections. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Um, so he puts his hand on the wall. He's looking up at the things. Carol always loved his puzzles and, and this one haunted him. Uh, so they're looking, trying to find out what's going on. They're trying to see where Carol is, why Carol missed his meeting, and what's going on. They're standing outside the hotel now. And she's all like, well, what do you think? Uh, so they drive off into the fucking woods. They're not driving off into the woods, buckaroos, just in the country. Pardon me. That son of a bitch just came home after after he was acquitted, just like that. Yep. Can't trust a judge or jury to do anything right nowadays. Jury, jury, uh, jury of peers, my ass. Moved into his parents' old house. It was nothing. And then fucking in the woods, there seems to be the book burner standing there. Serial killer that we just heard about earlier uh, at the horror store. Oh, good coffee. A publisher paid him a hefty advance to write a book. So they're talking about... Um, another serial killer that I just sort of brushed over before. Uh, and obviously they're talking about the nail biter himself, uh, Warren. Um, but most of the money is going to civil suits of protection. We can offer, we keep an officer on the freak at all times in case he ever starts up again. And then Carol looks out the window again. Ah, uh, Finch, sorry, looks out the window again. And the uh, Buckaroo book burner is gone. Uh, that's uh, understandable, he says to the uh, officer outside the window. So they pull up at Warren's house. And he's like, uh, he home? Officer says, yep. Uh, you really think Carol might have figured out why so many serial killers came from Buckaroo? Um, she says to Finch. Doesn't matter to me. I just want to know where my friend is and make sure he's safe. And they're walking up the stairs and they knock on the door now. Uh, well, maybe Carol's Carol's a good old buddy of yours, but uh, we'll have some answers. Maybe he's here. And uh, then, uh, just a minute, please, as someone's putting a bone on a pot with a bloody hand. Ah, oh, come on. Boom, boom, boom. She knocks a little harder. Hold your horses, hold your horses, I'm a-coming. And the door opens slowly. I got a roast in the oven. I wasn't expecting visitors, but don't worry. 
There's enough for everyone, says Warren as he bites his fucking nail and holds a meat cleaver in the air with blood splattered all over him. Boom, 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 boom. We've got the uh, heartbeat running through it again, and then a bee stings a big fucking chunk of meat on the table and drops dead to be continued. Whoa! Alright, now, as someone who has read this whole series and went back and read issue one just for you guys... Wow, like, I fucking forget how much they set up in the first issue that you just don't even realise. Because, fuck me, um, there's a lot of uh, twists and turns along the way. And to follow follow the fucking story there of uh, Finch and Warren, it's fucking amazing. Like, seriously, anyone out there, jump onto, you know what I'm going to say, jump onto Comixology, uh, go type in Nailbiter, grab it. It's um, pretty cheap for the first couple of issues. Buy it in trade, do whatever you need to do, but get it. Go down to your comic book store, see if they've still got issues of it, because it is fucking awesome. Um, and it is seriously such a good book, so get all over it, guys, if you can. Um, if not, if you get stuck and you can't find it anywhere, hit me up. I've got copies of it. I'll um, find a way to lend them out if I need to. Oh, so I'm just stretching there. It was a late night last night. Oh, sick wife, crazy toddler, um, and poorly dog. But anyway, that's enough about me. Who gives a fuck about me? Um, all right, so guys, I guess uh, you know where to find me. Hit me up at all my junctures there. You can check us out on Stitcher, on iTunes. Uh, right, so I guess that's all the comic bullshit I have for this week, guys. I have been Beach. Peace out, motherfuckers.